This is an Area Code podcast. You're listening to Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Scarlett Hildebeidel talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron, and with me as always are Scarlett and Dave. Guys, how are you doing? Well, uh, this is a good day, right, Scarlett? Because the three of us are on the podcast at the same time, starting at the same time. Yes, the question is, is are we going to finish at the same time? What do you think, Scarlett? We don't know, because it, the the habit since I've joined seems to be one or two or all of us are just in and out as we please. So, well, not me. I don't go allows. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't, because you're it's recording. True. That's true. I haven't left my house in months, so it's fine. You, you, you can, but here's basically here's what's happening is Scarlett and Dave are taking advantage of things <laughs> because Aaron can't go anywhere. We're like, we'll fit this in, but like, we're going to come in late. We're going to leave early. It's uh... Scarlett and Dave are busy people, though. That's the thing. We got, That's true. We got you, stuff going on. You're very on. important people. Very yeah. important. <laughs> busy and important are two different things, Aaron. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You, you, you... That's true. right there. So. <laughs> that is true. Busy and important are different things, but in your cases, I think they're related. No. Nah. <laughs> well, at the end of well, this you're podcast, to go- some small people. Oh, thanks, Aaron. <laughs> oh, oh, small people like my What's children. Your children. Got it. Got it. <laughs> I don't yeah, know I what took, I was thinking there. No, I took that as some sort of uh, veiled insult as well. So, yeah, like, um, oh, there's a couple people that, yeah. But, uh, I mean, you did mean that, but you meant my children. I didn't I'm mean like, it insult in an insulting kind of way. You're, no, you're I get important it. to our tens of listeners. Thanks. You're um, important to us. You're m- important to your family. <laughs> <laughs> um, have we talked yet about how I don't get jokes ever? like jokey jokes for at least 10 seconds after I should get them. I don't get them. I just get used to that. I can roll with that though. But that wasn't um, even a joke. I just didn't, didn't understand what you were saying. Okay. Like carry on. Sorry. No, I took it the same way you did. So okay. I, I, I think it's just Aaron's fault. That's it's, really all it is. You know, everything is my it's fault. It's definitely his fault. It's our producer, our chief marketing officer, our uh, chief production officer. Graphic designer. Graphic designer, right? Um, what else is he? Um, he's our engineer. Engineer. He's our, he's our scheduler. Scheduler, yes. Uh-huh. So he's uh-huh. like our, our team assistant um, to yes. himself as well. I am our gopher. That's true. I <laughs> yes. did get myself some coffee earlier. That's true. I insulted myself for not making it well enough and threw it in my own face. So then you're also our heckler. Yes, that's true. Or our troll, our internet troll. I am that and more. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but by the way, um, what is really getting amusing is Aaron having a little bit too much fun with Twitter by talking to himself on Twitter, his personal account and the malcontents account. <laughs> he answers his own questions sometimes. I miss Dave, this. You're, I've you're, been a little bit bad on Twitter. You're ruining the magic. No, it's better if everyone knows. <laughs> I think that's what makes it funnier. So wait, so you mean like Aaron will tweet something and then malcontents Aaron will answer or Aaron tweets and then Aaron answers? I, I think I think malcontent Aaron uh, tweets and then, and then Aaron answers. And then, and then no, Aaron no, no, no. I usually, I don't do that. Thank uh-huh. you. I, I, I do a quote tweet of what we're doing. Mm. 
think I may have seen something. <laughs> I'll, I'll screenshot something at some point here. Oh, all right? good. Oh, good. Thank you for throwing me under the bus here. You know, you guys are welcome to take over Twitter anytime. <laughs> nah, this is this is too much fun. I'm barely I keeping know. up with the gram, Aaron. I know you're doing great. You're, you're doing, doing a great, great job. Great job. <laughs> I check in on it at least twice a month, and it looks terrific. Thanks. It's perfect. The gram is so. is what keeps it going. So that's right. Oh, that's well. right. Our uh, our yeah. little empire here is going to continue to grow. So that's true. Um, all right. Well, I have to before we get into book questions, I have to ask the obligatory question since it is we're recording on September 11th. Mm-hmm. So, uh, where were you on September 11th, 2001? So, Scarlett, yeah. Um, I was eating a bagel at snack break, 10th grade, at my Christian school in Miami, Florida, and a lady named Miss Conchak walked in and yelled to get our attention, told us what happened. And I was trying to flirt with a boy. So I was like, what's happening? I was a little distracted. (laughs) And then we went to our next class and they pulled those TVs on those wheels in. And then we started. No, no, no. Before that, um, I had this classmate and her dad like owned an island or something. You know, one of these students like it was it was that family. And before we even knew all we heard was oh there was a plane and there's a building what's happening something weird in the news like we didn't really know what was happening and she was whisked away um like i guess her parents had been watching the news and they're like get her out of school so then she was pulled out by the office and then several other kids their parents pulled them out and then yeah that's where i was wow crazy confusing time yeah absolutely wow yeah Yeah, it's Fascinating. I mean, even like your, your context of being in high school, um, you know, is fascinating uh, because you're right. And, and, and dumb question. I'm just trying to think during that time. Is that when they had like the TVs in every room and they were on wheels. And so they had yes. to like bring it in. So like, yes. I remember we were kind of told what was happening and then we went to another class. It was, you know, you switch classes in high school and then they, like the teacher didn't even say anything to us. It was just on and everybody was just staring at the TV and nobody was talking and it was, you know, just shocked. And then I went home and my parents were standing in front of the TV and nobody was talking and mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Strange. Wow. Aaron, what about you? Well, I was in, um, I was in my last year of college. And so when the planes actually hit, um, was while I was on the bus on my way to school. Um, and so, so I was on the city bus on my way to, on my way to, to, to school. It was basically, it wasn't a class day for me. It was just a work day. So, um, so I went, I got in, I'm walking through one of the halls and I, and I just caught a glimpse of something on, um, a TV in the, um, in the, uh, computer slash tech store. And they had they had CNN on in there, and um, so it was like, oh, this is this is big and this is different. And um, so I went to the one of the computer labs, and basically I spent the whole day. Um, you know, this is pre this is pre Twitter, um, but it was still in like early Web 2.0 in quotation marks kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking like 2000, obviously 2000. Um, one, one. <laughs> um, uh, and so I was on a, uh, message forum 
watching commentary from people um, that uh, that I interacted with online um, from New York, like lo- as close to live as we could get in that mm. in that kind of space, yeah. wow. Um, wow. and just had had one of the news sites up on up in another window and it was just wild. So, uh, mm. I basically just paid attention to that and, uh, tr- tr- tried to talk to people who were there while I could. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Wow. That's crazy. I, uh, yeah. So, okay. So you're senior in college, you're going to work. Wow. No, it's, um, it, but I can't stress because like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll share in a second. Mine was just the fact of internet was completely jammed on that mm-hmm. day because of it. And uh, that was my, where I was because I was at work when I found out it was my, it was the only way to get any information other than calling people essentially, um, which was just strange because you're just desperate for information um, more than anything. Um, but um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I typically, I, I remember I was at work or I was driving to work when it was going on. And it was like that one day I didn't, li- I usually listen to like business or news radio on my way in and said I was listening to music, which is mm-hmm. a little more rare for me than, and uh, yeah, it was just that day. I was just listening to an album and coming kind of in his own. It was a Tuesday, right? So um, it was right when I walked in when people like told me, like I literally just walked in the door to my office and um we had all these people in from New York, like from our New York office. And you can imagine they were freaking out more than, than anyone, which is understandable. And uh, so even though I never knew anyone directly affected in, in that way, and I would presume Scarlett, at least uh, your mom, you all you may have known some people, but, uh, no, but yeah, didn't. Okay. Yeah. But I didn't. So, you know, it was always one of those things. I was in St. Louis. So um it was strange. I do remember that, yeah, things were just jammed. I didn't really see the news till I got home that evening. I mean, we worked all day. We, wow. Our boss was brutal. <laughs> it's not, oh my, it wasn't my particular boss. It was the owner of the company. <laughs> he was just like, stay at your desks, you know, type thing. And mm. he wasn't the most empathetic, let's put it that way. Um, mm. But, uh, but yeah, so I remember, yeah, going home that evening and finally watching some of it, but I like to, my sister and brother-in-law were in Italy on a trip. Mm-hmm. So they were stuck there for longer, which they probably weren't complaining. My mom was out of town seeing my grandmother and just my dad and I were at home because I was living at home at that time. So yeah, we're almost 20 years wow. later after that. Yeah. 19 years, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. So my daughters and my two of my daughters are in this classical conversations program and they have this song that's the timeline of the history of the world and it's 13 minutes and it just you know snapshots of every event and september 11th 2001 is in the song and it's just so weird to hear her singing september 11th 2000 it's like mm-hmm. she, you know now yeah. i've taught her a little bit of what it is but it's like it's so weird to have lived through something that is in a history timeline song and our kids you know, really have no idea that today my daughter who's nine was like, can I watch the, there's like a tribute video going around. And I yeah. like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe next year. I don't know yet. Yeah. I'll talk to your dad about it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Have you, have you guys read any of the books that are out there that are kind of recounting some of the events or is it, is it one of those events for you that, um, and I ask this because, you know, 
I'm not an American, so I had kind of sure. a I have a little bit of a distance from everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is it one of those things that it's like because it's you know relatively st- like still relatively fresh um, in many ways um, that it isn't necessary to to read stuff on. Good question. Um, my girls, since they're 11 and 12, I, they're okay absorbing. It doesn't mean you like show every graphic image of, of things. Um, I, I think you're, you know, you're, I don't know, you guys are like when I watch buildings get hit or I certainly have an emotional reaction when they fall down, I do as well. But what gets me the most um, is like the people jumping out of the buildings. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. It becomes an, an individual experience at that point. Yeah. Um, I I have not read any books. I mean, I've read like The Looming Tower. I think I told you about that, which is about, mm-hmm. you know, the lead up to it, which is really interesting. Highly recommend that book Lawrence, by Lawrence Wright. Um, that's just about the FBI and the CIA trying to um, anticipate, <laughs> you know, Al-Qaeda um, attacking us. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. But I've not read a book about like the actual day. I've seen so many documentaries. Um, yeah, and you know, but but I think it helps too. And just like I was asking you, Scarlett, like if you knew people just because you lived in New York when you were younger, um, just if you know you knew people, I think I think they would answer that differently. I'm sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I want to read a book on it. Um, yeah. There's been plenty of movies that have used it as a backdrop of sorts. You know, or mm-hmm. like a contextualization what's the 25th hour did like i think that was the first movie that was filmed like right at the bomb site essentially which is yeah or whatever at the you know at ground zero um but you know it's weird when i was watching um uh, uh munich the other day did you ever see munich no um steven spielberg film eric banner and it's about the israeli uh, you know, the Israelis, Mossad agents going after those who are responsible for the uh, uh, Munich 1972 mm-hmm. Olympics when they hijacked, I shouldn't say, you know, kidnapped and killed these uh, Israeli athletes. And yeah. uh, they use at the end, like, you know, they, you know, there's a lot of movies that will digitally put the towers back in when they're back in New York. And it's, mm-hmm. it's eerie to look at things like that. And you're like, no, and that movie yeah. was made after 9-11, you know, that's why. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I want to read a book on it. I, yeah, that's I think a this, good question. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a, I mean, there there are a couple that I'm intrigued by. So one is, um, and one I've actually got the audio book in my, in my um, Audible account to read, or to listen to, rather. Uh, but it's uh, The Only Plane in the, in the Sky, An Oral History of 9-11 by Garrett Graff. Um, yeah, I've that heard one, that recommended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's you know certainly as a um, as an audio book, it is um, highly regarded, which which is great. Um, I know it's going to be super super hard to listen to in many ways. There's another one though that is really intriguing to me though, which is the day the world came to town. 9-11 in Gander, Newfoundland. So hmm. Gander is where um, basically land, every right? plane was diverted yeah. to. Um, and yeah. so it's oh, this wow. it's just this small town um, 
uh, in and you know on on the island that is mm-hmm. um, that had suddenly found itself with seven thousand extra people. Goodness. I would it. be interested to read that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so that's one that um, I would like to check out just because it's like how did how did the world interact with with Newfoundland, um, mm-hmm. in, in this moment. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely written as, as kind of a goodwill feel good story for sure. Uh, just uh-huh. based on the description of the book. So, sure. so that's a, that's a different yeah. approach to, yeah. to it rather than simply recounting the awfulness of the events. Yeah. But, um, since we were talking about our kids earlier, uh, my kids ask a lot of questions about it now. Mm-hmm. They know, like, man, this was like the life-changing event as we're reminding them 2020 is <laughs> right. a big life-changing event for you. And mm-hmm. uh, but I keep telling them, I'm like, guys, like 9-11, if you weren't in New York or D.C. or Pennsylvania, you life kind of went back to normal in many ways within a week later. Doesn't mean it was like, complete, I mean, if air travel changed forever, but right. like day-to-day life, if you weren't right. directly affected, I mean, I remember the next day, September 12th, I remember on my drive to work, uh, same, you know, same route, I got stopped by like 30 UPS trucks leaving the depot. And, and, and there's a lot of like, we got to keep moving. You know, I mean, like we can't stop just because, you know, um, a terrible event happened. We got, And I know that's like, that's not like a, uh, you know, something to defend capitalism or something. It's just more the fact of like, we're not going to let this deter our way of life, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool, but yeah. um, I, I usually would be very annoyed if I got stopped by 30 UPS trucks leaving, <laughs> but I wasn't that date. I was very amused by it actually. Um, mm-hmm. Now I've read a ton of books of post 9-11. I mean, anything Iraq, Afghanistan, going after bin Laden. I mean, all those, I'm fascinated with those because it's, seeing how people respond to hard things. Mm -hmm. It's just like we're in the middle of this weird year. Uh, History books are going to be written. They're already, uh, political books are being written right now. There's a difference. You know, I mean, everything you see right now of political response, that's different. Um, I'm not as interested in those as I am. Give this some time, give it some analysis and like what really went wrong? What could we, could we have controlled? What, did we not control well? Um, yeah. Well, so. and, and that's the thing. I mean, you're already start, starting to see the pundit articles about, you know, was it worth it? Um, you know, that uh, honestly, I find really frustrating because it's like, you know, regardless of your, regardless of people's views on whether or not the response was in proportion to, uh, to it decisions had to be made we're and we're still in the midst we're still way too close to everything to be able to actually say hey was this was this in line was it not did we make a did we make a huge little mistake or or did we do the right thing yeah that's that's why you either enjoy politics or you don't. And I'm, that's I'm why I don't category. enjoy politics. I like reading about it later. Yes. <laughs> it's just a shouting match at the moment. And, yep. uh, but I'm, I will applaud anyone who's willing to talk and figure things out. So, yeah. You know, I, I, I asked my parents, I can't remember, because I've read a variety of books in Vietnam as well. And I've kind of asked my parents, have you read this one or that? And they're like, no. Because right. we lived it. Right. <laughs> I don't want to relive it. 
and uh, yeah. and that's a you know any boomer who lived during that time. I don't mean anything negatively. I feel like you say boomer these days. It's <laughs> no any baby boomer um, who yeah. had to live through that. Let's not forget they lived through a very difficult time, and you can absolutely understand why people would react in all sorts of ways as hawks, as doves, as you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the protesting movement. I, I get all of that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I know I'll be like, yeah, I'll be fascinated with the book and like, did you know this? I'm like, no. And I don't care because I was, <laughs> I was <Right>. there, <laughs> you know, my mom's like, we we're protesting when Kennedy was shot, you know, and all these going back hmm. to then, like we were trying to, we were trying to make a difference then. So, mm -hmm. so fascinating. Oh, well. we've talked books here. This we is, have, this we've is done well, we've things, done yeah. well. We've been, we've had some unfair accusations recently about yeah. uh not yeah, talking about books i know and by the way that was on the heels of like our bookiest episode uh -huh. ever in, <laughs> we weeks. Talked, in weeks in weeks <laughs> we really talked books when that was we, why don't you go ahead and and you probably have it pulled up aaron the accusation yeah was made no they were well they were saying someone someone richard was saying <laughs> um <laughs> Was was saying that it was like Happy Rant and Malcontents had been reversed, and we were ra ranting about whatever we wanted, and Mal and Happy Rant was talking about books. But did you say that for the last one that was posted? Is that yeah, what you said? yeah? Well, now to be fair, their their episode was pretty book heavy, and that's it. Really that's was. Great. That's yeah. true. Good but for we them. We talked about books a lot too. We did. We did. So it's always just fun to have a little bit of a uh, little bit of snippiness going on right now. So, so yeah, Richard, I, we love you. We, we love you're my fine. favorite, Richard. You are. You're, 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 you're a super, super listener, super fan. Yes. We, we're, um, and yeah, Hey, it was summertime. It's a weird year. Summertime. Right. We were talking about lots of things. Okay. It's crazy. It's crazy. You never know what's going to happen. It's here. the coronavirus. I mean, who, you know, we're just, a lot of can we can we about. just blame every every decision that we make on uh, on things on that right now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Mm -hmm. So speaking of uh, speaking of decisions and talking about books, so we have we we're gonna do a hard pivot here, and um, we are gonna pick up with something that we started a couple of weeks back, which was responding to some listener questions because Richard and Emily and many others are fantastic. Um, and sent us some really great ones, and uh, some of them are more fun for me to listen to your answers than uh, than to not uh, than to answer myself because I can't. But uh, but we're gonna go with this. So um, enjoy the abrupt transition in tone, everybody. But here we go. So Dave, this is an important question for you. What is your favorite costume for your cats? I've already answered this. Okay. I have given Sawyer the cat. And by the way, here's your book connection. All right. Two, I have two brother cats named uh, Finn and Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer. And I know they were cousins in, in, you know, in uh, the Mark Twain world, but um, yeah, you know, they uh, Sawyer who is very, uh, he's the gregarious cat. He, uh, uh he is not really afraid of much and he's one of those cats that plays hockey. You know, you can like shoot things at him and he'll stop him with his little paw. And, uh, <laughs> and he is more receptive to putting a cape around his head. I'm just um, saying the others, the others, the others, none of them would like anything like that. 
Which character in the story is the one that paints the fence, the whitewashes the fence? Mm, that, I, shouldn't, I should know that. I don't know the answer. Well, whichever one it is, you should take that cat and dress him up like him and prop him up with a fence and some whitewash. Okay. That'd be perfect. Okay. Noted. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Cat, yeah. But I'll say this, like cats, they typically, they don't like being dressed up. That's all I'm going to say. Um, my dog... The girls put like the bandanas on and stuff like that, you know, little, little easier. How about that? I, don't you like, I was like inserting my dog into the conversation to remind yes, people you, that you, I'm not a cat only family. That's true. you. Yes. Uh, you, you are not exclusive to one four legged creature. I'm not. So, you know, and I respect that. I respect that. But by the way, it was Tom Sawyer who was given the task of painting. Okay. Um, however. So then dress Tom up. Yes. However, he was a sneaky one because he tricked all the boys in the neighborhood into doing it for him. So that's right. Yeah. See, so. he is. He's. He is. Uh, his name fits him really well. I'll say that. <laughs> so, um, you know, whereas Finn, it's funny. His brother is really skittish. He doesn't really fit the Huckleberry Finn mm. vibe. But mm. you know, how do you know when he was a little kitten? So that's fair. All he's right. fun. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. So Dave dresses his cats up like Puss in Boots. We're aware of this. Mm -hmm. um, Follow-up question for Scarlet. Scarlet, does the rabbit get dressed up? Okay. I do have a photo I can post with this episode. <laughs> yes. I didn't do it. My oldest daughter did make an outfit. I think she made an outfit, but she also put our bunny in, I think it was American Girl clothes. And she was very cooperative and um, seemed fine with it. She doesn't like the bunny leash we bought for her, but she was okay with the own hat and American Girl clothes. Okay. Um, when, you <laughs> say bun <laughs> when you say bunny leash, let's unpack that for a second. Okay. So do you go to PetSmart to get a bunny leash? What, what, what happens? With no, Dave, a, I don't you know go to a place, things. a little place called Amazon.com. I'm actually right now pulling up a photo. We tried this the other day. Um, didn't I go mean, well. I mean, a dog, perfectly, perfectly acceptable to put a yeah. leash around. A cat, they don't really like it. A rabbit, that's a whole, I just haven't heard that one before. Yeah, it's hard with all the fluff. Okay, are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Okay. This is amazing. This is great um, podcast. I I have this never is so good. We're we're looking videos. at photos on a phone. We are that you cannot <laughs> video, see. Actually. But I will describe it for yeah, a second. Yeah, describe what you're seeing. I, I describe it looks like a harness like thing. Yeah. Um it's like you know one of those like dog uh, harnesses. And and the thing thing is I immediately thought of a dog, not a rabbit that would actually be using it. So the question is is this <laughs> for a rabbit or yeah, is it for a rabbit. For, it's not for like a dog like a little like no it's a bunny harness we That's will link amazing. in the show notes see and you see, guys make fun I, of me so much <laughs> look it's still a little bit more so i can't help also that, i that ordered the kids the were... myself so it wasn't even my kids so yeah it's all right but you were inspired by dave so you know it's fine <sighs> exactly yeah just, just <laughs> 
just wow just impressive okay i was gonna say that harness actually reminded me of uh the of our of our toddler leash that we used to use for our kids um oh wow you leashed your kids that's controversial right there that's right oh, that's right yes we <laughs> did you use that for all your kids all of them yeah all of them like yeah. to to like what a year ago or what i mean <laughs> oh so they're still on it now it's fine <laughs> the 13 year old's a little embarrassed by it but she's fine she's used uh, to it she's used to it no um we basically it was really just for when we would when we would go like basically when we couldn't trust them to just run around and like and in not... the city or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. like yeah. street yeah that yeah, makes yeah. sense yeah, yeah. It so, does. i know because we used to live in a city of 400,000 people we don't now so um so we definitely don't need one at this stage but they also don't <laughs> but you still use them <laughs> yes we definitely don't need them but we're keeping them <laughs> that's yes. right got to keep those kids in line <laughs> <laughs> yes with sternly worded letters and uh <laughs> good <laughs> Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this this is not going well, guys. All right, so Harness. let's uh, so let's switch yeah, gears next, here. Next question. Next question. <laughs> How do you decide if you should start a new book or reread an old favorite? Oh, and by the way, both of those previous questions came from our good friend Richard. This one, uh, Richard Harbison. This one comes from Emily Harding. So. Yeah. Emily's asking like a good book question. Richard Emily just goes straight for the book. She questions. does. Richard's like, what can I do to troll Dave? And now, <laughs> now Scarlett, he's after you. I so know. there you go. You're not my favorite. I was just kidding, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> but so Emily, good. you're all our favorites. So it's yeah. for sure. There you yeah. go. Yeah. All right. So, so the, the how question do you decide, again. how do you decide if you should start a new book? Or reread an old favorite. That's a great question. It is it is a good question. Um, you know, I, I, I'll Scarlett. Do you have a quick? Do you have an answer? My quick answer is I rarely reread. It's okay. very rare. And if really? I do, it's it's after, way after the fact. Yeah. I don't ever read a book and then read it again right away. Mm. With movies, right. I do. I will sometimes rewatch a movie quickly after, but I usually <laughs> look for recently. new stuff. Yeah. With, with, which movie? Uh, it was with Bill and Ted Face the Music. I don't think uh, <laughs> the, the new one? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Is, yep. Is, is, is it worth it? Oh my gosh. It is fantastic. It is, okay. the, it is the movie we need in 2020 right now. See, so. see, this is the, I'm I'm with you on that right there because remember we talked about this before. Remember Zoolander saved a nation in 2001, yes. whereas so you're saying Bill and Ted is our 2020 version. Absolutely, okay. it wow. is. Okay. It's it is just silly and joyful and dumb and wonderful. Okay. 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 That's I'm sold. I know. I need that. I was on a text exchange yesterday with. Uh, an author of mine and her husband, and um, <laughs> I can't remember what it is. Somehow one of them, no, her husband like responded with a Tommy Boy gif. <laughs> and I'm like, I love you. And, 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 and 20 gifts later, <laughs> after this going back and forth, which is another movie of the 90s that is, uh, that I've watched. Not exaggerating, Somewhere between, I'm, I, I really am not sure. More than 50 times, How less than 100. How many VHS tapes did you wear out? 
I had VHS, I've had DVD and you know, it's 4k just, digital version. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's also just on a lot. If you turn on the TV for anything, it's just on, it's one of those movies. So, yeah. All right. So back yeah. to the question at hand. So Scarlett, you don't read, you I typically don't do. read a book. I do, but not until a long time has passed. Got it. I, what, I'm I'm similar, by the way, Scarlett. So I, you're not you're you know I think that's we're all trying to read a lot of new books for mm-hmm. or, or, or or books that would be considered classics, right? I mean, kind of revisiting ones that, mm-hmm. but like it has to be really good and the timing has to be right. Um, so I don't I don't know like yeah. what I don't have like a particular book, by the way, because I feel like there's been some I've reread. Um, I mean, I've some I've heard some people who read. Pride and Prejudice every year or what's another one, Scarlet, that like, like a Charles Dickens book, like they love, you know, something like some that is like classic literature Mm -hmm. and they, it just makes them feel alive or feel at home. Yeah. Like it's, it's a little cliche, but a lot of people will read, you know, um, a Christmas Carol at, you know, at Christmas time, of course. Um, So that's certainly, and that's, something that we do periodically yeah. but uh, we don't do it every christmas um and every christmas not every christmas <laughs> um you know we like to shake things up keep the kids guessing yeah. i like it all right <laughs> but when the one constant is the leash the leashing they always have their leashes <laughs> that's right that's right uh le- everything else in life may may be unpredictable but at least that's there <laughs> so <laughs> So what is, what is what about you, Aaron? Yeah. Well, honestly, my reading shifts by mood. So, um, so some so I the the books I reread the most are actually books that are work related. So there have been a couple where I have read and then listened to and then read again like in quick succession because it's like I'm trying to get a concept. Um, and and get it really well. One example of that is is actually a book called Good Strategy, Bad Strategy, which um, super simple concept of the book is is really explaining the difference between what makes good marketing strategy and what makes bad marketing strategy, and um, showing how most people are guilty of making awful marketing strategies. And it has one of my most favorite examples of what uh what bad positioning is for for a, a brand or a company hmm. which um so here is so here is is one of these examples of like super bad ridiculous strategy so this is um an example of of a bank's strategy that they included in the book our fundamental strategy is one of customer centric intermediation so it's a whole bunch of gobbledygook that means this. Our bank's strategy is being a bank. That's it. Okay. okay. And there are organizations that do stuff like this all the time. They're like, our strategy is to just do what we do. Well, that's that's fine, but it's not a strategy. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a publisher saying our, our strategy, our, our strategy is to publish books. Well, I, I should guess hope to so. do your thing well and people will, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm the one so, non-marketer in this conversation. So that's all right. Shut. 
That's all right. No, 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 no. You have a different perspective on it because you're, you know, when you're thinking about, because you're the customer for, for most businesses, you're the, you're our target as a marketer. <laughs> um, and, true. you know, and, you know, when Dave was at B&H, you were also the, you, your book was also the product. Yes. He was telling me what to do and I was doing the plan that he set in place. And it worked. It's true. It worked. Hey, hey, got people hey. reading the book. <laughs> and it's well, a good book so people go book. buy afraid of all the things if you haven't Yay. already and the other <laughs> one is uh he numbered all the pores on my face is that what it's called he numbered the pores on my face i'm working on another one that comes out in a long time and then i'm working on a bible study about anxiety that comes out next august yes wow. there we go it couldn't come out too soon i mean really man really it's good timing really people are still going to be dealing with their anxiety you know a year yeah. from now um, that'd be crazy yeah so so going back to the question at hand that's kind of the big thing for me is mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm it really just depends on my mood if i'm just like i'm not feeling a book that i'm that i'm working on uh, i'll go back and i'll reread something and uh just to pa- cleanse my palate um, more than anything else. So, I mean, as I've been reading, um, Lonesome Dove, um, I think I'm on page 85 now guys. So Ooh. I'm getting a page Good a week. Wow. Not, not even a tenth, a tenth of the I way know, through. I'm breezing through this book. I'll be done by the time we're dead. So, um, <laughs> did you really read another page or uh, are you I, still on? No, I think I actually read like a couple of pages of it this week. Wow. Yeah. So I've been trying, I mean, honestly, it is, I can, so far I can see why people like it and the writing itself is objectively good, but I'm just not feeling it so far. But you won't give it up. See, I'm no, so quick to drop I'm gonna a book. Persevere. You're just, you're in it for the long haul. I'm okay. going to persevere I and admire I'm going to keep reading books in between those books. Okay. Those pages. One page so, at a time. Uh, that's Knock right. That's right. Um, look, every word matters, right? So, uh, <laughs> Dave, that was for you. Thank you. <laughs> You're Thank welcome. You. All right. So we are getting close to time, but let's do this next question because this is our last yeah. question of our audience question episode. Yeah. My favorite ones were, were from Emily and Richard today. So we're just doing Emily and Richard questions. Um, <laughs> But uh, so this one is, do you have any read aloud recommendations for kindergarten and third grade? Uh, She's just finished Green Ember and Narnia and is looking for some new stuff. I have daughters. So the ones, the hits for us have been Little Women. Mm -hmm. More for my oldest. Um, We started Harry Potter as a read aloud and we didn't finish it, but it was the younger ones were engaged in that one Mm -hmm. more than Little Women. So those are my recommendations. Those are good yeah. choices. I have no boy yeah. recommendations because I don't have boys. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Yeah. No, those are really good ones though. And I know it's so tricky. I mean, because it's not like you say, hey, here's the kindergarten recommendation. And here's the right. second, third grade, fourth grade, and so on. Um, you, The nice thing about reading something aloud is that you can kind of read up a little bit as long as you kind of know the content that it's not like too frightening for the child or something, mm-hmm. you know, even though they may not know some words, they can pick up on the story, what's going on. And that helps them in their vocabulary. And uh, so, you know, um, so this is a, it's funny. I had to kind of go back and look at a few that I, I remember loving during that time. Um, but 
I'd say you, you're getting in that zone of like the Beverly Cleary books, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, which are wonderful. And, yes. you know, anything E.B. White, Charlotte, Charlotte's Web, you're in yeah. like the perfect mm-hmm. time to do that. I think that's usually required reading more in like fourth grade, but you can read it earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And in Blue Ramona not, for sure. Yes, Ramona. That's a great one. Yes. That's a Beverly Cleary. Yeah. My, my daughter loves those in third grade. Aces for those age groups. Yeah, um, yeah. There's um, there's one about about a mouse that's connected to, to Ma- all of those as well. Well, Ralph S. Mouse. Yes. Um, so that yes. would be good for the boy for for mm-hmm. a boy as well. Yes, uh, Ralph S. Mouse is fantastic. And there's a lot. There's like four or five books, something like that. Maybe more. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, but I love those to that age. That that's I would say like during that era certainly more fourth grade that's when i was reading this on my own but yeah. um but those are fun because they're just adventurous you're you're kind mm-hmm. of locked in a different world um i would put like fourth grade is when like the like the the novel literature starts happening for these kids like yes. and i mean that like this full stories the books are typically 150 to 200 pages long and they're tremendous yeah um indian in the cupboard that's a really good one mm-hmm. um you know, Paddington um, mm-hmm. is great. Um, trying to think Nancy Drew books. Are- yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if you do Nancy Drew, the boy version would be Hardy Boys. And they're great. And those are good because you kind of read up with them too because they have some ones that are more complicated too. Our girls have gotten in there like a more tweeny version of those too. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think they've found some of those. I think those are newer though. I don't think course going back to when those were originally written what those were like yeah but um yeah don't be afraid if you're reading them out loud don't be afraid to read up a little bit too it's, i mean i would read through it first i mean but the, even yeah. the ones we're mentioning they're they would work just fine even yeah. going to a kindergartner um yeah, yeah. The one, american girl sorry go ahead yeah yeah, no, I was no. gonna say the ones I would recommend are um, are probably ones that you'll will probably be a little more questionable, but uh, but that's okay. <laughs> Leave it to the Canadian. That's right. That's so um, so I mean, ones that we had success with were um, we actually had an adaptation of the Secret Garden that was distilled down version of it that the kids really enjoyed little women. There was another version of it like that, that all of them were engaged with. Even Hudson was, which was great. They all loved the wing feather saga ones that they were actually written for this age group. Originally um, are things like the Hobbit. And so it was, it was written as a kid's fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So, mm-hmm. I mean, let's, so, I mean, I would definitely ch- like, it's a bit of a stretch for, for a lot of, um, modern third graders, but just because the language, the way it's written is so different from the way books are written now. Um, it's much more descriptive, uh, but it's really, really good. So I would, I would try that for sure. If you want to get risky, uh, there is the Redwall series by Brian Jacques. Okay. Which, by risky, um, because it's it, it can it can lean it leans a little bit older, but okay. just a little bit. So yeah, um, so so it may be a bit of a stretch, but I mean it's a 22 book epic epic series. So um, and they're all great novels. So that's what I would recommend. And guys, good news, we did it. We, we got did through it. the questions. 
So for now, sure. Scarlett, I know you've got to go. So you, know go. We're, so you know what we're going to do? So that we can say that we've got everybody on till the very end. We are going to wrap this thing right now. Let's do so, it. Let's wrap it. All right. So, guys, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for hanging out today. Thanks for talking books. Listeners, thanks for listening to this wonderful episode. We will, uh, we will talk to you later. Bye. This is an Area Code podcast.